Well, good morning. This is uh, Pastor Daryl Tate from Highland Park Baptist Church coming to you today by Morning Devotions. I'm so delighted that you've chosen to tune in this morning, and I trust that you're experiencing all the many blessings from God, that you're enjoying uh, the day that He has made. He says that we are to rejoice and be glad in it. So whatever circumstances you find yourself in today, I pray that you can rejoice and know that God is on the throne that he loves you with an everlasting love and that uh, he is there as a very present help in our time of trouble. So thank you for uh, tuning in. Let's open up together with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, what a great joy and privilege to be able to approach your throne of grace today, to know that you're a God who hears and answers our prayers. You tell us that we can come boldly right into your very presence. So that's what we're doing today. God, on behalf of our radio listeners, we are just approaching your throne and God, we are <clears throat> asking that, Lord, you would uh, speak to us through your word today. Open our eyes that we would see you high and lifted up, that we would be drawn to you. And uh, God, that our lives would be invested in your kingdom's work. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have been with us throughout the week this week, you know that I've been moving through a scene that took place in Matthew chapter 14 when Jesus was walking on the water on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the disciples were in an, in an angry storm. They were in a fear for their lives and they were afraid that uh, they were going to perish. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is the darkest time of the night, the Lord Jesus comes walking on the water. And you'll remember the scene where Simon Peter says, Lord, if it is you, let me get out of this boat and come to you. He climbs out of the boat. He begins to walk on the water to come to the Lord Jesus. And as long as he kept his eyes on Christ, he, he uh, was able to walk across the water. But as soon as he began to look at the circumstances, he started to sink. And of course, uh, as he started to sink, the Lord Jesus reached down and rescued him and saved him. So uh, I kind of gave you this little outline is that when you feel like you're sinking in life, you're burdened and overwhelmed by the troubles, listen, just speak up and ask God for help. He's a very present help in our time of trouble, as I've already told you. Just speak up, pray to him, ask him for help. He will be there as your helper. Then secondly, reach up and take the Lord's hand. As soon as Simon Peter was going down instinctively, his arms flew up and he reached up. And as he was reaching up, the Lord Jesus was reaching down to grab Simon Peter by the hand and to pick him up. And God will do the same thing for you. Reach up, speak up. And then uh, also I said, look up. That is, look up and keep your eyes on the Lord. I have found it true in my life. Anytime I start looking at troubles, I get discouraged. Or anytime I start looking at hardship or, or uh, difficulties, I, I get discouraged. And I have to remind myself, the scripture says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I'm here to tell you that not one time in my life have I ever been discouraged or disappointed in Jesus. Not once, not even remotely close. I have always been encouraged when I look to him. Now, I didn't always understand everything, and I certainly still do not understand everything that comes into my life nor the lives of others uh, and those to whom I minister. But uh, I will say that I have never been discouraged when I look to Jesus. I have never been disappointed when I've looked toward him. He has always been there for me. So we, we speak up, we ask him for help. We reach up and we take him by the hand. We look up and we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus. And then finally, you show up and you worship him with all of your heart. Let me say that again. Speak up and pray. Reach up 
and take him by the hand. Look up and keep your eyes on him. And then finally, show up and worship him with all of your heart. You see, when Jesus took Simon Peter by the hand, listen to this. The Bible says, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Now remember I told you yesterday, Jesus could have certainly just taken Simon Peter <clears throat> right onto the shore. But he does not do that. What does he do? <clears throat> he brings him to the boat. <clears throat> Pardon me. He brings him to the boat. And uh, there was a reason for that. That boat was a place of refuge. It was a place of safety. To me, the boat is a picture of the church. You see, when Jesus saves us, he could very well just take us right on into heaven, but that's not what he does. What he does is he chooses to leave us here in this world, and he says, you are in the world, but don't be part of the world. And while you are in this world, it's okay that you'll be in the boat, and, uh, and that boat will be in the water. Just don't let the water get in your boat. All right. Just don't let the world get inside you. You're going to be in this world. You have to do business in this world. You have to live in this world. But we're not of this world. So Jesus takes Simon Peter, lifts him up out of the water, puts him in that boat. Now listen to this. Verse 33 says, And they that were in the ship came, and they worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, you are the Son of God. So that boat is a picture of the church. And although we know and we call, we, we call and we recognize that the church building today, we call that the church, but we recognize the church is really people, right? We're the body of Christ. He is our head. We are the members of his body that carry out the work. And technically speaking, the, the building is not the church, it is the people. But having said that, the building is the place where the people come to worship to read the Word, to study the Word, to pray, to give, to be instructed in the Word, to fellowship, to be taught the Word. And there is no substitute for the church. There is no substitute for worshiping in the church. Now, I know, I know there may be folk under the sound of my voice that you are homebound, and, and the only church that you have is watching church on television and being part of a worship service or listening to it through the radio or, or online services. Praise God that those things are available and you keep doing that and I know God can use that because that might be your only way of worshiping and God knows and understands that. But there may be some under the sound of my voice that you've gotten lazy and you're just not part of a church anymore. Listen, if you never come to Highland Park Church, for heaven's sake, go to church somewhere. Let me say this in love. If you are able, if you are able to be in church somewhere and you are not in church and you claim to be a Christian, you are in sin. Because, because the Bible says that as part of the baptized believers, we are responsible for spiritual growth for ourselves and for others. He says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You may think, well, Pastor Darrell, you don't have to, be a, to go to church to be a Christian. What does that mean? Does that mean that we feel like coming to church is a punishment? Does that mean that I've just kind of formulated my own belief and that I just worship while I'm in my deer stand and I worship while I'm fishing and I worship while I'm down at the coast and I worship while I'm up in the mountains hiking? Well, certainly we can worship in all of those places and we should worship in all of those places. 
But those places are not a substitute for what takes place when the saints of God gather together to encourage one another and to be taught the Word of God and to give of them times, of their talent, of their resources. You see, when we're in church, we give ourselves to service. When we're in church, we participate in supporting local missions and worldwide missions. In the church, we discover what God's doing in the world, and we devote ourselves wholeheartedly to His kingdom's work. In the church, we pray for and we learn about the needs of others. In church, we worship. Christians who are not part of the church, if they are honest, do very little or any, if any, of those things that I just mentioned. Do you know the Bible says that we're to assemble the first day of the week? Acts 20, the disciples assembled on the first day of the week, took bread, and the apostle Paul preached to them the word of God. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. And then I've already mentioned Hebrews 10, 25, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhort one another so much the more as you see your, the, the day approaching. Listen, if the Lord did not intend for you to be part of a church, why in the world did he constitute the church? He wants us. You say, well, pastor, I've not been able to find one that, that meets my needs. I've not been able to find one where I agree with everything that is said or done in that place. Listen, if you ever find a perfect church, for heaven's sake, please do not go to that church because you will ruin it. Because you are not perfect. And you, nor me, nor anyone else will ever find a local congregation that does everything right all the time. We strive to do that. We want to do that because we believe serving and ministering in excellence uh, has a positive reflection on Christ. But we also recognize we always fall short. And if you really drill down into it, the problem's not with others. The problem's with self. You see, the Bible says when, they brought, when Jesus brought Simon Peter back into the ship, what was the, what was the natural byproduct of that? Those in the ship, the scripture says, they worshiped him. <laughs> Listen, all the hardship they experienced, it was a storm that helped them to see Jesus as they'd never seen him before. The Bible says they worshiped him. Before the storms of life, the faithfulness of God is kind of abstract. But I want you to know during the storms of life, the faithfulness of God becomes experiential knowledge. I not only know He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask and think because the Bible says so, but I know it because I've experienced it. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, I don't know what you may be dealing with today. Your problem may be a sick child. Your problem may be a bad report from the doctor. Your problem may be you've been laid off from the work. Your family doesn't understand you. Your spouse doesn't know Jesus and won't come to worship with you. Or you say, Pastor Darrell, my problem is so real that you couldn't even understand it if you were right in the middle of it. No, I don't understand your problems, and I wish I could. Hey, I don't even understand some of my problems. I just know that everybody has trouble, and everybody from time to time feels like you're going to drown. Listen, when uh, um, uh, the storms come, and hardships come, and trials come, and you feel like you're going to drown, I said to you with this little outline, speak up and ask God for help. Reach up and take Him by the hand. Look up and keep your eyes on Him, and then show up and worship Him. Worship Him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Because listen, 
Even though the Lord may not calm every storm you are experiencing, He will come along your side and He will allow you to feel His safety and His presence in the middle of that storm. He has done so very much for us. How can we not show up and worship Him? Jesus went through the waters of death, hell, and the grave to rescue you and I. When the troop ship Birkenhead was lost, there was a young officer, his name was Alexander Russell, commanded one of the boats carrying the women and the children. He saw a sailor's body swimming above the waves close to the boat. And there was not room for one more single person on this life raft of a boat. But a woman in the boat cried in agony. She said, save him, save him, that's my husband. And Russell looked at that woman and her children. And then he looked back at that struggling sailor in the water. And Alexander Russell plunged himself into the water, helped that man who had been on his uh, helped that man on to that life raft who took his own place of safety. And Alexander Russell disappeared from view among those angry waves amid the hungry sharks, and he gave his life so that this one man could have a place on that life raft. Listen, Jesus went through those waters of death to rescue you. He stepped out on the Sea of Galilee in this angry storm and took Simon Peter by the hand to show you he's there to take you by your hand, to put you into the boat, his church, so you too will say as you worship him, what an incredible God we serve. In fact, one of the gospel writers says when Jesus calmed the storm, the disciples look at each other and they said this. They said, what manner of man is this? That phrase, what manner of, literally means out of this world. That this man who walks on the water, who calms the storm, who saves me and puts me in this ship called the church to worship him, he really is from another world. Listen, he came from heaven to this earth to walk through the storms of life, to lift us up above those storms, and to rescue us. Listen, if you've never trusted him today, bow your head and invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, to forgive your sins and to be your Lord and personal Savior. If you are a Christian, listen, walk with him. Walk with him every day. Speak up and talk to him. Look up and keep your eyes on him. Reach up and grab a hold of his hand. Show up and worship him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the time to be together by way of devotions again today. And Lord, I pray that you would help all of our radio listeners to do just as your word says in this beautiful little story, to look up to you, to speak up, to call on your name, to reach up and to take you by the hand, and then to show up and worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless our radio listeners. Bless this radio station that makes this time available. And God, just help us to be salt and light in this dark world. We pray all of this in the strong name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. This has been Pastor Darrell from Highland Park Baptist Church saying, God bless you and have a wonderful day.